This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. In this episode, we asked the general public what engineering quality control means to them. Some of the responses were right on point. Some, not so much. We'll also talk about some words that you can avoid that might be hurting you and others that could help you. I am your host, Brian Wagner, licensed professional engineer, and this is the Engineering Quality Control Podcast. So let's jump right in. So welcome back, friends. I wanted today to talk about the language of quality control and the language that we use when we talk both internally, externally, maybe to other professionals that are within our realm, but also what the general public's perception is of quality control and and engineering quality control. So while I want to talk about some things and some languages that we should use or should avoid, I first wanted to discuss how the public perceives quality control. And I did this because I was thinking about the general public and the people that maybe get an engineering proposal, or maybe they're a decision maker, or they have a decision maker influence, or maybe they're just critical of everything and they want to impact, well, is it good enough for them if they ever had to hire an engineer? So I kind of leaned on my local community Facebook group because I know that that group has a couple thousand people, of which several are probably what you could consider keyboard warriors that have comments about everything. And in doing that, I kind of asked an open-ended question, and that is, what is quality control to you? And I mentioned that I hosted a podcast called Engineering Quality Control, and I wanted to see what kind of feedback I got. What is their perception? What is their expectation? of such a question. And I got a lot of good comments and I got one angry comment, but out of the six, eight, maybe 10 comments that I got, many of them were focused on products or that idea that quality control is not necessarily meant for a service, but they did mention a few things that others said. And the Jen wrote one word and she said that quality control to her is consistency. Have you ever thought about what the end game and the end goal of quality control or quality management or quality assurance, whatever you want to call it, is? I think we can really sum it up with that one word, consistency. Now, Claire kind of said the same thing to a certain, in a sense, and she said that ensuring that results are reproducible and that expectations are met each time. And I think that echoes what we've had as some guests on the show and what we have also said and some of the things that I've mentioned in, in my five-part framework of gathering 
the information and making sure that you know what those expectations are for the project. Now, Cody kind of took the angle of a product and he said that quality control to him is when an item can leave a manufacturer always in the same condition with no visual defects or variations to the controls or inner workings of equipment, being able to release the same product over and over again with no changes. Now, for some engineers and those that produce physical products, that is definitely in line. And, and that is his expectation. His expectation when he looks at the words quality control is that you're producing the same product over and over again with no changes, no visual defects, no variations. And that is the goal of what we do as engineers and our documents, our deliverables, is we really are trying to create something that does not have defects, does not have variations, and can realistically be produced over and over again. If you're doing geotechnical testing, you want your logs to look the same. If you're writing stormwater reports and narratives, you want to have some consistency, the word that Jen used. Now, I will say that there was another person that did comment at, that I was connected with, that I know I worked with in another life. She was a law enforcement officer. She retired. She worked at 911 when I worked at 911. And her perception of quality control is having a great product and if looking to make a change or get rid of change if the product's quality lessens. So when I read that and I get that from her, I kind of thought about it and said, the goal is always in engineering to have a great product, have that best solution, not necessarily the perfect solution because that's really hard to do if ever possible, but having a great product. And if you make changes to that product and it lessens the quality, you would want to go back to what you did before. And that's what I encourage about anybody that's doing quality control or quality management, or in the, especially if you're in a role of authority, whether you're a project manager and you're in charge and responsible for executing those project quality measures, is that we're in a constant state of improvement and change is hard. I think as human nature, we don't want to change, but change is inevitable. It just happens. It happens whether we want it to or not. So I believe that we want to make it purposeful, make an effort to change things in a way that's beneficial. Don't let change just happen because it happens. Be purposeful about it. And in Shelley's comment, she's saying the change is inevitable. She anticipates it to be change. But if you reduce the quality, you better change it back. So as you think about ways that you want to improve your system, improve your execution, improve how you do your work, whether it's on a daily basis or from project to project, consider the options that you make, if it's really improving the quality or is it actually diminishing the quality? Now, CAD has come a long way in its capabilities and its ability to do things. But when I look back at plans from the 80s and 90s, even the 70s and 60s, look at some of those old transportation plans. Everything that was on the plan was a horizontal alignment, a vertical alignment, and a road section. And hundreds of thousands of miles of road was built based on those three things. That's it. I've looked at plans that didn't even show grading contours, didn't even show the limits of the work necessarily. It was just, this is the corridor, this is the information that's shown. 
And that is all the information that the contractor needed to build it. If we built that same road today, there would be hundreds of pages and at the same time, tons of information. I think with CAD, it's become so easy just to show stuff on every sheet, sometimes irrelevant. And at the same time, things get lost because they weren't shown. I looked at a plan the other day and there was a guardrail shown on one side of the match line. And on the other side of the match line, the guardrail was not shown. And the guardrail only extended maybe 30 or 40 feet on a 50 scale plan. So it wasn't even a full inch on the piece of paper that it would have shown. And quite honestly, I didn't notice it in my quality review of that product and that project, but the contractor sure did because he asked me to confirm where the guardrail started because he knew it shouldn't start on the match line. And he asked the question. So I gave him kudos for that. Appreciated the opportunity to clarify the starting station and everything went on as it needed. Dana wrote, she wrote that if you're speaking of a product, it's reviewing it for accuracy. Does it look and function the way that it was intended? All flaws and faults have been identified and corrected before delivering to the public. That is a very accurate statement to what we as engineers are doing. So if speaking of a product, because product is what we're delivering, reviewing it for accuracy, and does it look and function in the way that we intended? Does it meet the expectations that were also mentioned? So surprisingly, when I look at these and I really talk these through and think these through, all of these comments really make it seem like people have a relatively accurate perception of what quality control is for the end product, their receivable, the thing that they want to get. But that's not always going to be the case because several people in this open-ended question definitely thought specifically of a product, a physical thing, whether it's your phone, whether it's a mouse for the computer, whether it's a bar of soap whether it's the ice cream that you're going to eat later, all of those things, there's an expectation of the public that they're getting something that's good, that is quality. Now, I would be remiss if I did not mention Chris's comment. I'm not going to read the whole thing because he left almost a paragraph. It's several sentences long. His response was focused on that he seems to be the person that's working on the other end of engineered things. And he wasn't specific, and I'm not sure exactly what he does, but he talks about building and then maintaining products. So I imagine it's maybe some kind of maintenance work because he mentions that a good quality engineered product is something that doesn't break. And if it does, it's repairable and maintainable. And he also mentioned that construction trades often expect pigs to fly before they will ever get a set of accurate plans to take to the fields that account for all field conditions. Now, I can't speak to what he's encountered and what his experiences are, who he's worked with or what he's done, but he's one of the people that responded that wasn't that far removed. Like I said, I know that Shelly is a retired law enforcement officer. She's not an engineer. She's never been an engineer, but she does volunteer on organizations. She's involved in things that could certainly need an engineer. But Chris, on the other hand, he's somewhere involved in this chain of that deliverable. What happens after we deliver a product? And that leads me to the next part of what I wanted to talk about 
it's a piece of paper that I've had on my desk. It's something that I've compiled over the years, something that I would be happy to share with all of you. It's a series of words that should be avoided and that can be replacements or encouraged. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because there's many, many words on this that I've compiled over the years, but I wanted to look at a few of the words that we as engineers use and think about for yourself what connotations they have, what expectations come with it, either professionally, legally, and what is the perception of the public or that end user? What are their expectations of that word? So let's look at some of the extremes. All is a terrible word for engineers to use, unless you're trying to leave an open end that it's all someone else's responsibility. But all, final, or best, or none, can be extreme. And another word that I have listed here is complete. Complete can be interpreted as perfect. Do you really want to interpret complete as perfect? It kind of goes with final, all, best. It can present a scenario that simply cannot be achieved. I've seen proposals before where I've seen proposals that had written in them that we will obtain all required permits or all required approvals. What if you're not willing to do, or what if the client's not willing to do what's necessary to get that final approval, to get that permit issued? When that happens, you're breaking your contract. You said you would get all of the permits. You told me I could do it all, but you can't come through. Now, one of the things that I've told inspectors before, the engineering inspectors and things like that, where we're maybe a third-party reviewer or, or a third-party independent watching over something, we caution them not to use the word stop or stop work because it's considered a directive. And we often should not advise or suggest or command that they stop if you're not in a position of real authority to do so. Because if you say it in the wrong sense and they oh, you said stop, and then the time starts clicking for a back charge or a change order, but you really didn't have the authority to stop that contract or stop that situation. Now, I'm not saying that if there's a safety thing or there's something that really needs to be brought to somebody's attention, that you don't wave your hands and, and create a situation that slows somebody down to pay attention. But I would caution you about using the words stop. You may want to say something like, well, if we continue this way, I don't know that we can certify this. Or if we continue this way, it doesn't appear to be consistent with the plans. And that's why it leads to like alternative use words. Like we don't recommend using things like highly trained professionals. There's expectations that come with highly trained. Why not just say we're professionals? Must is a word that can report replaced with one option may or in accordance with, opposed to using that all word, either reword it so that you don't have to use the word all at all, but maybe suggest most or some. I shy away from using the word expert because expert has those connotations. Is it based on training? Is it based on experience? But rather a specialist or a professional. Zero. It's one of those extremes as opposed to maybe not detected or not observed. 
I've said things before where we get into inspections, where you're inspecting something, but it's a foundation that's already been poured or it's rebar that's put together and, and wired up ready for the pour that you inspected. Did you inspect every piece of rebar? Were there no defects in the rebar? We do concrete testing on a very small amount of the concrete that actually is placed. Is that representative of 100% of what was poured? Or they add a little water? And some of these words that I think about, and I think about them in proposals, I think about them in reports, as-built, after-the-fact documentation. And I just want you to think about the words that you're using. Think about what the public may think about or what that end user may think about and not the end user you're handing it to, but that end user that's using it in two years, four years, that end user that has no experience. This is their first job, their first situation. This is the first time they ever hired an engineer and now you just gave them 40 sheets of plans for them to use to go to a contractor and they don't understand the words that are on it, but they found the word all and that we're good because it says all. I also like to supplement words like certify. The certification is based on recorded observations, visual observations, knowledge of the site conditions, our observations. Even when you say like the word reviewer, we quality control checked or reviewed a set of plans or a document. It's been reviewed for general conformance with the expectations, with the checklists, with the specifications or other documents. And I love cost estimates because especially in through the pandemic and the post-pandemic world where materials and inflation, but materials and time lead times and, and people are more willing to spend more money in order to get things faster. I mean, cost estimates have gotten very challenging in the past couple of years. And I always like to caveat my cost estimates with things like this is the anticipated probable cost based on our knowledge and recent experience, it is no way a guarantee. Now, I think I mentioned that guarantee is one of the other words that you almost want to avoid, but it's in context. It's in thinking about that you're leveraging the word guarantee in this circumstance as one of those extremes, because guarantee is such a broad and open word. Now, I was reading an affidavit the other day there was a few very subjective statements in the affidavit, like direct control or will have a negligible effect. Now, this is a draft affidavit, and I don't like it. I don't necessarily want to sign it in certain cases. But the goal of the affidavit in this circumstance is to put responsibility on someone else. The question I have with the wording that's used on this document is whether or not I mean, as engineers, we're always ingesting liability with everything we do, but to what degree, what mitigation are we taking and what are we leaving ourselves out there to, that exposure that I know we've talked about. Now, I just want to come back to one other perception. And Charlie, who is a professional engineer, he said to me that engineering quality control is the tenacious applying of sound design principles, customer-driven criteria, regulation compliant constraints to every product deliverable and consulting effort. And that pretty rounds out what we do as engineers is that we want to apply tenaciously. I thought it was a great word that he used. Sound principles. 
because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what we do. That is the goal as engineers, as professionals. So as we wrap up, I just want to share with you that I will post on my website at brianwagner.co slash words. You can grab that list of engineering language words that I would recommend, suggest, use as a guide. It's not mandated. I'm not a lawyer. I can't talk to the legal aspects. Like I said, I've compiled this from a few different sources over the years. I've added some of my own experiences to it, but I'd want you to think about it. Consider the words that you're using both in your proposals, in your reports, on your plans. Think about the connotations and the things that come with it. As always, please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode at engineeringqualitycontrol.com. There you'll find a summary of the key points that we've discussed along with links to any of the resources that I've mentioned. Until next time, friends, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.com dot org.